want to speak on declaring faith. Declaring faith. You know, before I got married to Mark, my name is, for those that know, hi, I'm new. And for those that are new, I'm Nina Elmendorf. I'm married to Mark Elmendorf, a senior pastor of Emerge Church. And before we got married, um, I had to say to Mark, Mark, you know, the doctor said that I can't have children. And so I always still get emotional, not so much that I couldn't have children, but of the goodness of God. And, um, and, and you know, and, and he said to me, he said, you know, Nina, when I was 30 and I really wanted to get married and I woke up and anyone between 18 and 80 was a prospect for me and I had such a desire to get married. And, and his good pastor, Pastor Ashley Evans, went to Mark and said, Ashley, this is distracting you way too much. You are looking at too many females. You are obsessing about getting married. And, and, uh, and he, said to him, he said to him, Mark, I want you to do a fast. I want you to ask God, I want you to just fast and just dedicate this time in fasting before the Lord. And so Mark thought that the fast would be that God will tell him who's the one. Right, and so he starts fasting, he starts praying, but God speaks to him and doesn't tell him he's the one, but rather he speaks to him and he said, You know, Mark, at, at 33 you'll be married, and at 35 you'll have, you'll have your first child. And so that was like, Oh, okay, he almost this, this okay, I'm going to trust God that, that what you've said is going to come. And then in that moment, we, we got to, we knew, known each other for 10 years. Um, but we actually noticed it. He always noticed me. I didn't really notice him. I, I noticed him, but I didn't. My heart didn't flutter. And uh, and so we. Long story short, but before we got married, I said, you know, Mark, the doctor said that I can't have children naturally. And um, and he said to me, he said, that's okay, Nina, because God spoke to me that at 33 I'll be married, and at 35 we would have our first child. And so. Until that's impossible, I'm not worrying, I'm not caring because God has spoken. And, uh, and I remember like it was 33 we got married and it, and uh, it was 30, he, it was, yeah, so he was, yeah, anyway, I actually feel pregnant. I feel pregnant and I worked out that at, this baby would be born at 35 when he was 35 and I was like, what a miracle, God, this is awesome. How good is God, the promises? But then six weeks into my pregnancy, I started bleeding. And I was like, oh, I don't think this is a good thing. I was very naive about anything, but this can't be good. And we were just, uh, we went to bed, uh, no, so we went to the doctors and the doctor said to me, I don't normally say this, she did an internal test and she said, I don't normally say this, I normally wait till you have an ultrasound, but I'm really sorry, but you've miscarried. And I'm going, but this is the promise. This is the promised baby. And I was just flabbergasted. And she goes, and so tomorrow you go and have a curette and they'll explain a little bit more. And, you know, we went home and we both couldn't sleep. We were so distraught, so, so upset. We got a promise. 
and now he's taken the promise away. God has taken the promise away. And that song came to us, I am the God who healeth thee. And we were singing that song and singing that. But I, we took it as more as God was going to heal our hearts, not heal the baby or, or anything like that. And so we were prepared, like, we've, we've lost a baby. So we went to have a curette the next day and um, Mark is waiting. Because in those rooms, they let you wait in, it seems like forever ago, um, make you wait in the waiting room. And so I went in the to have the curette and she just said to me, she, so she's doing the internal um, ultrasound before the procedure and she says, why are you here? And I said, because I've had a miscarriage and I'm coming for the curette. And she goes, no, I know that. She goes, but do you see that flash on the screen? Do you see that flash? That's a baby. You haven't had a miscarriage. And I was like, oh, so I'm crying and Mark comes in the room and he sees me crying. He's trying to comfort me and saying, it's okay, Nina. We'll be okay. You know, it's okay. I'm going, no, I'm not crying because, look, we've got a baby. And so it was great. But in that moment of that night, that night which was a long, long night, came to a point where I had to say, okay, God, I can't understand it, but I know that you're in control even though I didn't want to say those words. But my soul, my heart was thinking differently, but my soul was saying, God's still in control. God's still in charge. God is still in charge. And this morning, I want to speak about a, a woman in the Bible, and she hasn't got a name. It's the second time I've preached this year about a nameless woman. But let me tell you, it's a great story and you would have read this many times. And I want to show you how she declared her faith. There was prophet Elijah, Elisha who travelled Israel and uh, with his servant Gehazi. And most, most of the time he slept on the ground. Wherever they went, they made a little camper and they slept on the ground. And they went through Israel and ministering as servants of the Lord. Um, and, but there was a woman when they came to Shunem uh, who lived there. And she was apparently a successful woman. Um, and she, again, she was an unnamed woman, but the Bible refers to her in one of the, the passages as though she was unnamed, she's referred to as the great woman. She was a discerning woman and often invited Elisha and the servant over for a meal and uh, to eat with her and her husband. And I want to start reading from 2 Kings 4, to, uh, 2 Kings 4 9 and 10. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lamp stand. So it will be wherever, so it will be wherever, whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Her discernment of this is a great man of God who needed a place to stay, who needed a, a room to, to lodge when he'd come through. And so she did. They built a room for this prophet. So every time he came into town, he had a room to stay. He had a meal to, to have with her. But there was no 
It was just of the willingness of her heart to build a room for this prophet. Elijah was so blessed by her hospitality that he asked her, how can we bless you? And she said, oh, I don't need anything. I'm good. But Gehazi, who obviously was another discerning man, he said to Elijah, said, you know, she doesn't have a son. It's just her and her husband. And, uh, and he's old. <laughs> so she needs a son. And we read in verse 15, it says, So he said, call her. And when he had called her, he stood in the doorway. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elijah had told her. Number one, we see that she expected the unexpected. She had a declaring faith of going, okay, let it be. She expected the unexpected. When you don't know what to do and when you need God to do something, know that, that God has declared it. You might have a report. You might have a situation. You may have a child who's away from the Lord. You may have a situation that you're in at the moment. You can know and know that God, when God declares it, when God says it, you can expect it. And in the meantime of that expectation, you can't even um, perceive of how it's going to turn out. I think of, you know, the... the Jack was born, but before then, when, when the miscarriage, with the notice of the miscarriage and the journey, immediately going, well, I can't understand this because you promised this. You said it. You know, and even in our, uh, before leading up to this word that Mark had, you know, we had different people come to us and say they saw a vision praying. We had a guest from Sydney he, and he was a, a ministering guest and he was praying in the lounge room. He said, I, I had a vision and I saw you holding a baby. So even before the promise, you see, they've got to take hold of those expectations of when God has set up. Now, I want to fast forward 16, down, 16 years down the track when this lady has had her boy and it was harvest time. That meant it was a busy time and all hands on deck. And her son was out harvesting with his father and working out on the field. And it was scorching. They say that the sun in Israel at that time of summertime is a scorching hot sun. And he begins to cry out, my head, my head. And dad kept working. He said, you go back to your mum. And as he went back to his mum, he became really sick. She put him on his lap and unfortunately her promised son dies. She, he dies on her lap. The promised son, shock horror, he dies. Number two is expect the unusual. You know, I want to show you what this woman does, which is really great declaring faith. You can imagine the disbelief, feeling that now is God teasing her? I didn't ask for this son. You gave me this son. 
right? And now this son dies on her lap. Are you teasing me, Lord? Yet something took hold of her. This declaring faith that she does something very unusual. She goes to the top room where she made a bed for the prophet, right? She goes to the inner sanctuary. She goes to the presence of the Lord. She goes straight to God, so to speak, and lies her dead son on the bed, on the man of God's bed. Where do you go when the unusual things happen? I know when we got news, all we did was go to God. We don't understand God, but we're going to trust you. It doesn't make sense that you give us a promise, but yet this happens. It doesn't make sense. I didn't realise that my life would be like this. I didn't realise that there would come this tragedy. I didn't realise that this would work out the way that it has. But I want to encourage you to be like this woman who, with declaring faith, went straight to the presence of God. You know, it's God who knows all things. It's God who has spoken. It's God who finishes the chapter. It's God that knows all things. Unfortunately, I can't say that it was God who killed her son, but it was actually circumstances. It was a scorching hot sun. Probably he was dehydrated, got dehydrated. You know, the Bible doesn't say that it was an act of God. The Bible clearly says that it was this hot, scorching sun. It was, it was the, the harvesting. It was being working in the field. You know, sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, always try and work out, why did that happen? Was it me? Was it them? Or was it God? And I've come to learn in life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As we go to God, we, we journey through that valley with the Lord because it's in that place that God encourages us. It's in that place that he gives us a, a word that sustains us. It's in that place that he speaks to us. It's in that place of brokenness that he carries us through to receive the next promise that he has for us. Life happens. The unusual will happen. You know, do we blame or do we trust God? Do we resent or do we forgive? Do we isolate or do we engage? You know, I over the many years, 36 years of ministry, I've seen a lot, heard a lot. And this one always gets me, is that sometimes the people come to me, I just got no friends, I just don't feel connected. I, and, I, and I look and I go, well, you don't come to church. So you're blaming the church for not connection, but you actually don't even place yourself in the place of connection, in the house of God. And in my old age, I'm only 55 years, but I feel that as I've been getting older, I've been getting a little bit more, I think this happens to, to as you get older, you become a little bit more, yeah, Pastor Ron, you say it, what do we, we become a little bit more, who cares, like, just say it what it is. 
And that's a bad thing sometimes because it can get us into trouble. But I've been able to work a way to bring the truth to the light without bringing offence. So sometimes we have to work on those things. That sometimes we can go, but this. And uh, it's stating the obvious, obviously. Um, and you just go like, we've always got to check our hearts, don't we? And we've got to go, when, when things are going through, rather blaming, rather just, Lord, what, what do I need to do? What is it that you're asking me to do? What is it that I need to respond to? Do I need to forgive? Do I need to engage? Do I need to just trust you? And I want to encourage you this morning that there will be things. I, I, if I was to hand the mic around, you could tell me amazing, sad, good stories, bad stories, unfortunate things that have happened. But I want to encourage you this morning that choose to declare faith in going to God, that God is in control. It is wealth. Do we control or do we relinquish control to God? Do we manipulate or do we surrender to God? This woman was not expecting the unusual as her son, the promised son, the unexpected gift of God dies. But look at her response. In verse 21, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. You know, I, I see this as the presence of God. You know, that's how she saw it. Well, that's the man of God. That's where I made a space. That's the presence of God in that room. She shut the door upon him and went out. She called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said... Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. It is well. Why didn't she send a servant? Why didn't she send someone else? No, she went to the presence of the Lord. She went to the man of God. She didn't say, oh, yeah, it's his fault. He, he gives me, you know, he speaks a son over my life and, and then he just, you know, takes it away. It's his fault. If I never had this son, I wouldn't be going, no, no, no. She enjoyed the unexpected miracle of a son, but she also knew what to do when the unexpected happened. And what does she do? She doesn't get in a discourse with the husband with the others, but she just says, it is well. It is well. I just pray that all of us, whatever we face, we're able to go, it is well. I don't understand that this happened the way that it happened, but it is well. You know, it is well is a declaration of faith. It is well is saying God's still in charge. Life happens, but God is still in charge. This is a declaration. She doesn't even make preparations for the burial of her dead child. For she lays him on the prophet's bed expecting that he 
will stand again. Hebrews 11.35 says that women receive their dead raised to life again. She had this expectation that he was going to be raised to life again. She holds fast to her faith. You know, I believe that this woman, even though her son perhaps didn't raise from the dead, she would still be the one who would say, it is well. It is well because her trust was solely in God. A statement of faith that we shall find peace, that we shall find purpose, that we shall find joy again, that we should find love again, that we should find trust again. It's a statement of trusting the divine plan of God, the storm, the trial, the unexpected problem, but it's a great opportunity to see God at work. And even if God decides to do it in a different way than you've expected it to happen, God is still in charge and good things will still be purposed into our lives. She says, it shall be well. That was expectation right there, a declaring faith. It shall be well. That's declaring faith. It shall be well. In my early years of ministry, I went into ministry when I was 19 years old, so I was still a bit wet around the ears um, and still, didn't, still learning in Bible college but learning. And I remember I was 21 years old and there was a young girl in our youth group who, um, no, sorry, yes, a young girl in our youth group and she got pregnant and she was about to have this baby and uh, I got a phone call, and i never forget, it was a Sunday afternoon, and I got a phone call from the nurse, and which was very unusual, Queen Victoria Hospital at Rose Park. And the nurse said, she goes, uh, I won't say her name, but she said, but she wants you to come and see her baby. And so I'm thinking, oh, she had the baby. Yes, she had the baby. And so I go into, this hospi- into the hospital, and I'm really excited. I'm going to meet this baby. And uh, I go in there, and I'm in the waiting room, just waiting to be called to see to be able to see her and then I get in the room and and she the mother is crying and I'm thinking what's on you she must be excited about the baby you know but she was a young mum and uh and we were just chit-chatting and talking and she goes pregnancy you know and this and that just talking talk she says would you like to hold her and I said absolutely and so the nurse brings me this baby and you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, she's beautiful. And then I'm thinking, this is a heavy baby. And then, and it had a little bit of blood coming out of the nose. And I'm thinking, oh, I've held babies before, but this is a little bit unusual. And we're talk, I'm talking with the mum and talking. And uh, she's crying, but there was this sense of unusual peace, though she was crying. There was this unusual, I know it's going to be okay. And I'm thinking, what is she talking about? But thinking, and then realise, this this baby's dead. And I'm thinking, this is too much for me, Lord, in ministry. I'm only young. I don't know what to say. So I burst into tears because I just didn't know what to say. And yet she was comforting me. And I was going, I, so the time and we prayed and, and I walked out of that room and I was just 
flabbergasted that this mother, though she was grieving, she had this sense of, it's okay, I know my baby, I'm going to see my baby again in heaven. And I, I, to be honest, I wasn't a great pastor. I was no comfort to her. I just didn't know what to say or what to do. I just cried the whole time. I did pray for her. I don't even know how I prayed and walked out. And that has never left me, that this mum, this mum had this inner peace in God, that she would see this baby again. Great story. She's had four children, great healthy children after married, you know, living life with the Lord and loving her life with the Lord. And every every anniversary of the baby's birthday, she she puts a post and and acknowledges the gift of God and acknowledges how God was with her in that time. I, I want to tell you that that just is someone who knew who to trust in. Didn't understand. Didn't, didn't go into, I can't understand, I'm angry or anything like that, but had a declaring faith. I'm just going to see this child again. Number three, expected, expect the purposed miracle. Verse 25, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman. Please run now to meet her and say to her, it is well with you. He was a prophet. Because <laughs> the same words that she used to her husband are the same words as this prophet says to her. He didn't know that this child had died. And he said, it is well with you. It is well with your husband. It is well with the child. And she answered, it is well. I love that God will always give us a word, whether it be through someone, whether it be through church, whether it be through your own devotions. God knows what to speak into our hearts that allows the security, this foundation of God, it's, it's going to be okay. God is over this. Again, she said, it is well. Her expectation that all was going to be well with the promise that had been given to her. She would not leave the prophet till, till he came to see her dead son. She never stopped praying. She never stopped believing. She went straight to the source, which for her was the man of God, the one who, who carried the word of the Lord into her heart. Expectation. A declaration of faith. Don't give up on your kids who are away from the Lord. Don't give up on that situation that seems too, in, in, too, too hard for you to fix. Trust the Lord. And whatever happens, whatever the outcome, trust the Lord. The greatest hope that we have that even if, like in this situation, but even if our loved ones don't get the miracle, even if it's unto death, the greatest hope that we have as believers is that we will be reunited with them, not for 50 years, not for this mum a few hours, but for an eternity. 
longer than ever. Don't give up on the promises of God. Don't give up on your loved ones who are walking away from the Lord, who've walked away from the Lord. She did not give up. Let's read chapter, uh, verse 32. It says, when Elijah came into the house, there was the child laying dead on the bed. He went, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. There's something really important to be said about this. He shut the door. He didn't want anyone with lack of faith. He didn't want anyone to peering over and go, okay, do it, do it. What's going to happen now? He shut the door. I want to encourage you, shut the door. Shut the door. When you go before God and you, and you beseech him and you spend time with him and you get into that secret place, shut the door. There's always going to be a hearsay. There's always going to be someone who say you should be doing this or, or there's going to be someone who is going to, you know, burst your bubble of hope. I, I know that many times when I've been in a situation when I've believed with someone, you know, you want to believe. And I always say, what are you believing for? And I unite my prayer with them for what they're believing for. It's not my place to say, well, can't you see the writing on the wall? It's not my place to steal faith. It's my place to unite faith. And I encourage you that if you have friends or people in your life who steal your faith, right, who take away the promise or take away the word of the Lord from you, shut the door on them. Go before the Lord. Be polite to them. But don't just say, I can't deal with that. Sorry, this is what God has spoken to me. This is what I've hold on to you. Right, And even if it doesn't work out the way that you thought that it would work out, that's okay because God honours that you held on to faith in the whole time. You spent time with him and he will always come and bring that comfort that I've seen time and time again. I've experienced it when things haven't worked out the way that I thought that they would and then later see the comfort, the presence the words that God continually gives. And he went up and lay on the child and he put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands and he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house. That's where us Pentecostals get the walking up and down from it's true yes someone said it's true and the flesh of the child became more and he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again he went up and stretched himself on him and then the child squeezed the sorry sneezed <laughs> sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came in to him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground and then she picked up her, her son and went out. How wonderful was that? What are you expecting? What will be, what's your declaration of faith? It shall be well with you. 
Will you agree with me and expect God to do the impossible, to turn the impossibilities to possibilities? You know, this is something that we've been believing God for in Redcliffe. To see a great move of God, to see miracles in the house, to see lives transformed. Begin to see it. Can I encourage you? Begin to have those pictures in your mind. Begin to see when you're walking down the street and the Holy Spirit prompts you to speak to someone, to do it, and to see the miracles of God outwork through you in their lives, in your home, in this church. It shall be well. I want the musos to come right now. It shall be well. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've lost faith in an area of your life. There's something that you're, because of circumstance, an unexpected situation didn't happen as you thought it would. Your faith has been literally taken, stolen, depleted. This morning I want to pray for you that faith would rise again in your spirits, that you will be able to say it is well, that you will be able to make that faith declaration, it is well. There are promises in your heart. There are promises that God has given to you. And yet you haven't seen them yet, that this morning we're going to pray, we're going to remind God of those promises, not that He needs reminding, but it's more for our sake, that those promises, that God, you said it. You promise this, it is well. Would you stand?